A little while ago, I was tagged in quite a few different posts. And it was posts because yeah. I had apparently written a book. The book was written by Tracy Lang, spelling exactly the same. And every time I kept tagging the correct person. And then I decided, you know what, actually, it is time for me to actually get hold of this author. Because basically, she is my alter ego. I feel like she's living my life. Born and raised in my dream city, New York, I could not not speak to her. Tracy Lang, New York Times bestselling author of We Are the Bredens, her debut novel. What a joy and privilege to finally chat to you. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm so grateful you took the time to tag me in those posts because I never would have seen them. <laughs> and let me just say that you seem to lead a far more glamorous life. <laughs> than this Tracy Lang. <laughs> I highly doubt it. I think I'm just purely going based on the fact that you are originally from New York City. So listen, as far as I'm concerned, you are winning in the stakes. As, listen, you are winning at life. <laughs> but listen, I first want to speak about that. First and foremost, the first few times when you saw me tagging you in all these different posts, what did you think? Oh, it was so exciting. And, and I again, I was so appreciative because I wouldn't have seen so many of those. And I understood our tags are so similar, our handles on Instagram there. So anyway, I was so excited. And then I was super excited when I had the opportunity to tag you just one time when someone got me instead of you. <laughs> Listen, I had so much fun. And I remember the first time it popped up on my side. I think it was on Instagram that someone tagged me. And I thought, obviously, because of the spelling, which is exactly the same. So I'm always quite pedantic about the fact that I have an E in my name. And then the Lang also has an E. So the E's are quite important. Yes. And then I saw that the first time and I thought, has someone pretended to write a book under my name? What is this about? And of course, started doing more research on it and found out, no, this is actually very much a legit real person who is writing books and doing it very well at that. Yes. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Yes, I understand because I also, people leave the E's out of both names all the time. So yeah, yeah it's rare. <laughs> Now, I want to speak a little bit about you, Tracy Lang. I mean, who gets to say that often enough? Now, you graduated from the University of New Mexico with a degree in psychology before you ended up owning and operating a behavioral healthcare company with your husband for 15 years. So how does one go from a psychology degree and behavioral healthcare company to being a writer? I mean, I've always loved to read and write my whole life, for sure. And to me, psychology... It's very much about the study of human nature. It's always been fascinating to me. And working in that field, I worked with families from all walks of life, dealing with all kinds of issues. So they all had such fascinating stories to me. And I love diving into those family dynamics and relationships. So when we um, were fortunate enough to sell our business, it had grown kind of beyond what we could handle. I thought, you know, this is my chance to start writing. And I jumped in full time about eight years ago. And I certainly use that experience working in the mental health field, working with all those families to kind of inform my stories. So it's kind of a natural leap in some ways from psychology to writing about people and relationships. 
That does make a lot of sense. And like you're saying, I mean, I want to get back to this a little bit later on and the fact that the families, it's the families that you came across because you, you tend yeah. to write about families. It's all about families, family and, and that family dynamics is quite important to you. But I want to, before we get to that, I want to take a step back even further. If we had to speak to your parents or family members today, will they have some stories that you wrote as a child that would have given everyone a clue that you would become a novelist? I don't know. I, I, I not that long ago came across little things I had written as a child, like a, a kind of a neighborhood newspaper. And I was sort of a space cadet in school. Yes. I was always sort of daydreaming and writing, <laughs> writing in the back of my notebooks. I didn't share a lot of that with my parents at the time. And for a very long time, I thought, I think I was such a book fan that I thought, well, there's no way I could actually write a book. That's just too much, you know. And so I think they were a little surprised when I decided to kind of jump in full time. My husband knew. And in fact, when it was time to think about what to do next after our business, he said, well, you got to write a book. (laughs) So he was uh, very supportive and but yeah, I don't know that my parents would have seen that one coming, to be honest. <laughs> what do you think they had in mind for you, actually? You know what? As a child, I really didn't have a certain direction. So I think they were just hoping I found something. <laughs> and they were happy when, I, you know, even in college, I, I went for a couple of years and I was sort of floundering. And so I took a little time off before I went back and finished my degree. So in the end, I think they were just happy that I found a direction. <laughs> Listen, it sounds about right here as well. I think on that on that front, we are very similar to no direction. I just figured let's kind of see what happens yeah. with life. I had no, I was never that person who had the plans, you know, the very clear five-year plans. I'm going yeah. to go study this and after that, this is going to happen. I've never had that and I've been quite okay not having that. Yeah, I agree. And I, I talked to our sons about that because they're still trying to figure out what their next step is. And it was the best thing I did was to take a little time. I was building up student loan debt and all of that. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm just going to work for a couple of years while I sort of figure it out. And when I went back to school, I valued it more and I did a lot better. Yes, definitely. Makes a lot of sense. I often say when I speak to young people and I speak to parents as well, and I say, if your kids aren't sure, maybe let them just take a bit of a gap year after school and go and try absolutely everything before they just waste your money. Give them an opportunity to just try it all. Yes, I, I know there are certain kids that kind of from early on seem to know what they want to do and they're very driven in that direction. But I agree with you. I We told our boys that too, if you need to take a year you know, go live life a little bit. It'll help you figure out what you want to do later on. Yes, take a little bit of time. I want to speak a little bit more about your years growing up because, as I mentioned earlier on, family is clearly very important to you. You like writing about family and family dynamics. What What was your, your, your you know, your rearing years like? What was that, your growing up years? What was it like? Well, it was, I just have one sibling, one younger brother, and but we had a lot of extended family. My dad is, was originally from Northern Ireland, and he was one of fifteen, and they all had a bunch of kids. So lots and lots of family in Ireland. And then in New York, we had my mom's side, and lots of cousins and aunts and uncles in the New York area. So although it was just really the four of us, we were surrounded by family, which has always been important to me. But then when I was in middle school, my parents did divorce, so we kind of went through our own rough times as well, which, and I think when you're writing, you're often processing some of your own experiences and what's happening around you or what's happened in your life. So I'm sure that plays into some of what I write about, but it was wonderful to be so, to be part of this huge 
family and, and know that there were people in different parts of the world that, you know, were thinking about you. And if you kind of showed up on their doorstep, you'd be welcome. <laughs> that is the best feeling. So Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Lang, from this Tracy Lang, I'm going to tell you that I think we share that too. That's another similarity. My dad was the eldest of 13 children. Oh, wow. So also a very big family. So I know that feeling and I find it interesting that wherever I go, there's always some kind of family member, whether it's a cousin of my dad's or a distant relative of somewhere, they'll go, but aren't you so-and-so's daughter? And the next thing you know, you go, oh my, and then just go, let's go have a cup of tea. Given South Africans tend to be like that as well. But I know that whole big family dynamic. And I've always loved it, even though I also just only have my sister. We were a family of only four. But that big family dynamic stays with you. And you you like that. It's a very, it's a very nice thing. It's a very comforting thing. And it's a wonderful safety net. It is. It's, it's so funny that our stories are similar that way. And it, But it's true. And even since the books came out, I've actually found a couple of very distant relatives wow. um, in the U.S. and in Ireland that sort of reached out and said, hey, I'm from this town in Ireland. Anyway, we've kind of put the pieces together and realized that we have common family. So I've even found more family <laughs> since the books came out, which I love. <laughs> okay, so let's speak about your books. I first want to speak about your debut novel. We don't have to get into too much detail because I want to speak more about your second book. But your debut novel was We Are the Brennans, and it took you two and a half years to write. You completed this and released this before the pandemic. I did. It was finished before the pandemic. It did take about two and a half years, which included a couple of pretty substantial pauses where I sort of needed to step back and think about it and wait for some notes from people. But yeah, I, I finished that one before um, COVID hit. So then you you release this novel. It's your debut novel. Mm-hmm. And you become the New York Times bestselling author. Tell me what yes. was that like? That moment being told that you are a New York Times best-selling author, meaning the whole world will know about you. This is what everyone (laughs) looks towards when they go, what's the kind of book that we need to get? How does that feel? It was surreal and amazing and a little scary. I still remember the day my publishing team called and got me on uh, a Zoom call with all of them to give me this exciting news. And it's hard to absorb at first. But, and I'm the kind of person that immediately I started worrying about, well, what am I going to do with the next one? <laughs> How am I going to do that again? You know, and so all of those sort of questions started coming up too. But it was, it's, it was amazing. The reception for your debut novel to receive such a reception was uh, overwhelming in a good way. I can only imagine. And I know in, in another chat that you had had, you said, your family said they actually saw this happening for you. They expected you, uh, it to be a great success. Well, my husband and both of my sons have always been extremely supportive. And of course, they're biased. But yes, they were the ones talent when I had all those moments of doubt and uh, (laughs) lack of confidence. They were the ones saying, nope, it's going to happen, mom. It's going to happen. Don't worry. And uh, so that means an awful lot when you're in the thick of it, for sure. Definitely. So now to your second novel that you've released, The Connellys of County Down. Now, this is, again, I mentioned earlier on, you are about family. And this story, again, is also about a fierce family, fierce family loyalty and good intentions gone awry and the consequences of improbable love. Now, you wrote this during the pandemic. It's about 
in my mind, I mean, I, I think you would probably uh, pronounce her name differently because of accents, but we would pronounce it as Tara. And she was released from prison. And yes. obviously it follows this journey of her moving back home. Let's call it home with her brother and a sister and another family member. And then, of course, just a few other things. There's so many different things that I'd like to highlight about this book. But your feelings, if you had to tell someone what it is that they can expect from this book, what would you say? Um, really, it, it's, as you said, it's about a woman at the very beginning of the book who's being released from prison. And like many people in that position, she has no money, no job. She's going to be on parole for two years. So she's facing a lot of obstacles while she tries to rebuild her life. Um, but it's also very much about her trying to kind of return home and re-enter her family. And her homecoming sort of changes the dynamic in the house and kicks up some old issues that these siblings have, uh, that have kind of been buried for these guys. So it is about coming to terms with those things. And although they're a really tight crew, they're very close in some ways, it's sort of born out of some childhood trauma they survived survive together so in some ways it's, it's sort of unhealthy as well and it's finally coming to the point where they need to start looking at that and unraveling some family secrets if they're going to be able to move forward together yes I when I read it it was interesting exactly like you're mentioning now I remember it reminded me of a book that I'd read years ago where someone said you often think that the truth sets you free but in a family dynamic it often just binds you closer together so it's in incredibly important to let out the truth and speak about the truth. Yes. Yes. That's, I, that's a great way to put it. I feel like that's kind of at the heart of this book and they all have pretty good intentions with each other, but at the same time, that unhealthy dynamic is sort of hurting them in different ways too. Yeah. Now I, I'm yeah. going to touch on a few other things of this, which I think was just a very interesting thing. Obviously she's released from prison and she doesn't have a phone and in my opinion clearly doesn't want one either. Do you find yourselves yourself often feeling like you don't want a phone? You know, I, like everyone else, I'm very dependent on my phone now. It's never far from me. But, you know, I do remember those times and, and sort of long for them once in a while where maybe I was a little disconnected and not so concerned with missing what was happening. And um, so I think that probably played into it too. And I think Tara appreciated a little bit, at least for a little while, not being able to be found <laughs> at certain times and, and, you know, not being at everyone's disposal when they needed her. So I think we often all have that kind of feeling. So completely yes. understood. <laughs> and yet we yes. just cannot live without it. So yes, that's just a little bit I know. about the Connellys of County Down, her second novel, Tracy Lang's second novel. Now, Tracy... You know you are now on KFM 94.5. We're under the number one station in the Western Cape. Over 1.2 million listeners listening to you right now as you are chatting. So oh, my gosh. Because this is a music radio station, I thought I want to touch base with you a little bit on music and see what your music knowledge is like. So it's not general knowledge, but I just want to see where your head is at when it comes to music. What song would you use if you had to describe your family at home? Oh, wow. That is tough. I listen to music all the time while I work, and I like different types of music. But if I had to 
think about my family, it would I know it would have some sort of Irish flavor to it. Oh, yes. Um, but it's hard for me to, because whenever I listen to any sort of Irish music, whether it's kind of old school or contemporary, it sort of brings me back to that. So I wish I could think of a specific one off the top of my head, but that's, that's probably the closest I can come. Sorry. No, no need to apologize. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Tell me, what was, if you think of your husband, what's the song that comes to mind? You know, I would probably be, that one I can answer, we met so long ago. Uh, makes me feel very old. We've been <laughs> together a long time, but one of the songs that was sort of important to us early on was Forever Young by Alphaville. Oh, yes. remember that way back. Yes, so many years ago. <laughs> yes, that was roughly, it was a little before we met, but it kind of became something that was important to us, so... That would definitely be one for us, yeah. And if you had to describe yourself using a song, which song would that be? Oh, boy. I'd have to think of hard on that one. Something sort of that went a little dark at times, (laughs) maybe a little painful at times, but then like a lot of music, but then comes out with light. Sorry, that's a tough one. That's a great question. And I don't have an answer off the top No, of my you're head. perfect. But I liked how you described that. I think that makes a lot of sense to me as well. There are the moments when yes. it's, it can be dark and, and you can feel all, you know, the negativity and everything and life. Let's rather just say life. You can feel yes. it quite intensely, but you always know that there's light at the end of it. And you always know you will get out of it at the end, but you can't deny the fact that life, life's you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's why I say there's a bit of darkness in there. And I, there are times we're just kind of sitting in that, but you always know it's going to get better. And so, yeah, whatever song sort of encapsulates that, which is a lot of songs. <laughs> there's a few. I that think we will, we will both have to think about that quite a bit. I'm glad yes. you're touching on that now as well. When you do have those moments when you are feeling like life becomes just a bit too much and you're feeling overwhelmed, and especially for you as a writer, I'm sure you spend a lot of time alone. How do you manage to stay motivated and just keep going? There are some really tough days. You know, when those doubts creep in, even with the reception of the first book, there's always, whenever you tackle the next project, there are questions and is this one going to be okay? Is anyone going to care about this? So I certainly have those days. And I find that's when I really need to get out of my office and maybe get a bit of exercise, take a good walk or connect with a friend or um, just get out of my head, I guess. That helps tremendously. Um, just take a break. And even if it's an hour or two, I come back at it with a better attitude after that. I think sometimes it seems so counterintuitive to switch off when you feel like you are stuck, when nothing's happening. And we don't realize yeah. that actually just stepping away from things will just help us a little bit more. It just gives you a bit of burst of fresh air, just a bit of a change. And interestingly, mm-hmm. in one of my interviews I had with someone a couple of weeks ago, she said, when I feel like I don't know what to do and everything is too much and I actually don't have the solution, she says, I close my laptop, I put my phone away and I go out and I don't look at it until the following morning. And she says, I've realized that sometimes the rest is more important for my mind because you need to step away for just a couple of moments. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I think writing has particularly taught me that, the importance of stepping away, taking a walk, getting outside, just clearing your head in some way, and a good night's rest. You cannot cannot overemphasize the importance of a good night's sleep. (laughs) 
when it comes to your attitude. Definitely, definitely. Tracy Lang, New York Times bestselling author, chatting to me all the way from Oregon in the US. <laughs> Tracy Lang, it's been a joy chatting to you. Thank you so much for making the time. This has been wonderful. And I know, I mean, it was weird, I'm sure, when you got a message from me all the way from the tip of Africa <laughs> going, please, can I do a chat with you on air? Because this could be a lot of fun, purely based on our names. And you went, yeah, sure, yes. let's make it happen. So thank Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. And for trying. I know it's uh, a bit a bit of a hassle to make the make the connection, but it was wonderful to talk with you. I love following you on Instagram. Uh, and this has been this has been such a pleasure. Likewise, really, it has been so much fun. I know you said you and your husband have been together for many years. How long have you been together? Oh gosh, we've been together now about thirty four years. We met very early on, very freshman year in college. You're kidding so, me. Yeah. That's amazing. No. Wow. I, we think so too. There's some days we look at each other and think, How did we make it? We were such idiots at that age. <laughs> Somehow we grew up together and, and made it through. So, yeah, it's been a long time. That is, wow, what a story. That is quite amazing. That is fantastic. Listen, this has been wonderful. Tracy, and stay in touch with me at any point when you have another novel that you're releasing or anything else. Just pop me a message. Let me know. Let's see if we can do something around it. And hopefully I come and visit in the U.S. again very soon and I'll be in your area and I can come and pop in. Oh, that would be wonderful. I would love that. Thank you so much, Tracy. Anytime. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Bye.